Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. And I want to welcome you to this YouTube and podcast. And today I am talking with Judy, who's calling in from the UK. And I'm really excited to share another recovery case study with you all. So, Judy, welcome to the call. Hello, thank you very much for asking me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. So this podcast and YouTube channel is about well-being, brain health, neuroplasticity, and with a particular interest in anyone experiencing persistent dizziness or tinnitus. Some people have both, but not everyone. And when you first met me, I remember there was you were emailing me and you were asking for support and I could... I could hear an element of anxiety and desperation in your emails. Can you remember all the way back to that time and what you were going through when you were in that space of search? I certainly can, yes. I mean, it was desperation. You know, because you seem to have tried absolutely everything. I've tried to be brave. I've tried to exercise. I've tried to ignore. I've tried to go to experts. Nothing is working. In fact, it was getting worse. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a year Gosh, how long ago was it? It was more than a year since it started when I got in touch with you. Mm-hmm. And I could see it gradually deteriorating. And I thought, I can't let this carry on. I've got to find something. And I looked on YouTube a lot, just mm-hmm. for some little snippets, people doing exercises, people giving advice. And I just happened on yours. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. So I just had a listen and watched you. And I thought, gosh, that's what I want. Mm. Yeah. Now, you were really brave because I know there'll be other people who are, who are not feeling so confident with YouTube or with um, videos and audios and technology. But you got out your iPad and you started to try self-study with Rocksteady. Is that right? I did. I did. And that was very helpful. That was, um, that was July last year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And after I was finding you on YouTube, and that made a huge difference in my mindset. I could feel the difference in my feelings about it and my attitude. Mm-hmm. And I felt so much better. And, you know, for the period of time I, st- I got through that, and I was thinking, this is getting really going well, but it didn't get where I wanted to go. It was just left me somewhere sort of thinking, if only I could just climb that bit of that ladder. Yeah. Just get- yeah. <laughs> such a beautiful symbolism, isn't it? It's that we kind of know how we want to feel, but it's like so frustrating. How can I get there? And it's not for one of trying. And when when we first met, I remember you said, I've seen the best professor, I've seen the best surgeons, and I've been told I have oscillopsia. And you were like, I don't even really know what it means, but I have this oscillopsia. Do you want to have a go at explaining what that means to you or would you like me to do that? Well, what it meant to me was very little when I read his letter to my doctor because he just put it in there. It's this big technical word with no explanation of what it, what it signified. So, of course, being me, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And it frightened me rather because it said it was it was not something would ever be cured. It was a very disabling condition. Mm-hmm. I really, my mind went downhill from there onwards. I think I don't need to know this. But it just seems a distorted vision. Your vision isn't quite matching. Mm-hmm. And so things tend to bounce up and down rather. Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures, you know, little diagrams of what it would look like when the world is in two different people. Mine isn't like that. It's just it moves. Mm-hmm. That's only occasionally. It's you know, it's not a serious problem, it's just a nuisance <laughs> if anything. And that's, and that's a real credit to you that you can go from this place of frightening, desperate debilitation and, you know, really worried that, you know, you can't get your daily tasks done, you can't be independent or be there for the family members who need you and that now you're like, oh, it's really no big deal at all and I, 
I mean, it's annoying, but I can manage it. And so to clarify for the listeners, oscillopsia is a word we use when the visual field is jumping and bouncing. Mm. And you've got very, very incredibly fast reflexes from your eyes to your ears and to your spinal column. And these are honestly instantaneous. I think they are some of the most developed reflex pathways in our entire body. And it's our, it's our ocular reflex, so it's our eyes talking to our brain. And whenever we move our head, our eyes will follow in equal and opposite directions to make sure we can always have stable vision. And oscillopsia means that those reflex pathways are broken. The good news is, is often we have redundancy and we can regrow them using neuroplasticity. So even if things are completely broken, new pathways can go in and heal the reflex to help us get stable vision again. And there are some rare situations where those reflexes are completely damaged and lost. And so we have to find alternative ways to have, to stabilize our vision and to manage so that we're safe in daily life. Oscillopsy will be different to every person. It's not a cookie cutter kind of condition. It will be different for everyone. Yeah. So now that you've gone through the process of rock steady and you said, I've got a new mindset, I've got new strategies and tools, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling stronger, but I'm not quite there yet. What was, what was next for you? What were you, what were you seeking? Let us, let us get into that part of your mind, share the story. I just felt I needed more personal backup. You know, somebody, I said to some of my doctor, I just want somebody to hold my hand. Yeah. And I, well, that's a bit sort of infantile. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt at that time. And I just thought, well, I'm looking at Joey's one-to-one course, and I know, you know, it's a lot of money, it's a lot of commitment, but it took me a long time to decide, but I thought it was definitely the right decision, and it mm. was, definitely. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it's that, it's that piece of saying to yourself, you know what, I'm doing everything I can for myself, but I want someone beside me, I want someone on my mm. team, and... And we, mm. I spoke about that with Julie Parker when I interviewed her on coaching, is that people often forget that it's really important to know you're not alone in this world. There yes. are people on your team and there's no shame in that and there's no shame in investing money in yourself and your goals and your desires because mm. if it's important to you, it's priceless, right? Of course, yes, yes. And so what was the... What was the result in that? So you, you backed yourself and you decided, all right, I'm going to go for this. I did. What? I said, come on, go for it. <laughs> yes, I did. And it was a very, very sensible, good decision. So I'm very, very pleased I did it. Did you have any, did your partner, your husband, notice any changes in you as you started to go through the, the deeper healing? Well, I, yes, he does notice. He does notice. And I... Uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about it, and he, I hear him talking on the phone to relatives because they always say, "How is she?" And he yeah. always says, "Oh, she, oh she, he's up and down, you know, as usual." But you know, on the whole, she's a lot better. So you'll never sort of say, "Oh, yeah, she's fine," because I mean, I can't say I'm, I'm fine. I'm not like I was, but I'm doing very well, mm-hmm. and I'm being, I'm doing what I want to do. So I think we both recognise that. You know, we've been out for trips, we've booked a holiday, you know, we've done stuff. So yeah, much better than it was. <laughs> yeah, and you've yeah. started. Uh, driving again, cooking again. I remember when we met, one of your goals was cooking. I couldn't be working in the kitchen because the worktops would just jump up and down. And I just couldn't stay there. My feet would, I just couldn't feel my feet. My balance would go. I couldn't turn around to do stuff. So, mm-hmm. and then 
I think if I get a day when that's happening again, I think, right, you're doing the dinner today, I can't do it, I've got to sit down, I don't feel guilty, and I don't feel, you know, upset, I think, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll come anyway, so why will we? Hmm. And you told me, I feel, I feel that now I don't need to justify, justify myself anymore or please others. How's that mm. impacted on you and your relationships and your freedom? Well, yes. I mean, I'm much, much braver to state my case with people. No, when I don't need to say anything. If they say what they think, well, I didn't get on with it. It doesn't bother me. But it was certainly a, a question of, as we went to, through with Joey's one-to-one, going right back to the childhood issues of family dynamics and parental treatments etc and the conversations that were held in those days which being the age I am was you know it was a different world but even so those things still happened and it was the brother sister competition two or three of us pulling in different directions I always felt they were putting me down I wasn't you know it was they gave me my my self-image and I thought I'm not gonna let them do that anymore no no I know who I am this is me you can have me or not and I know they love me mm. why does it ignore the rest of it they're lovely great it's it's those simple little things isn't it that help us get our energy back and help us Mm. not be so exhausted and so fatigued because we're putting all put so much of our conversation and our actions and our behaviors are really focused at pleasing people or fitting that system or being that person that society tells us we should etc and You've commented to me that I back myself more. And I know you've said, like, if there's poetry I want to do or if there's gardening I want to do or if there's a friend I want to go out and walking with or shopping with, I really find ways to back myself. How's that impacted on your confidence and on your independence and on your life? Yeah, well, I've, I, yeah, I've struggled to do those things over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, gave up on really browsing around shops because it just wasn't worth the effort. It was just too difficult. But I've done that more recently now. I go for walks. I've had some long walks, in fact, recently. And I know on a day when I'm just not feeling great, I'm not going to try. It's not, you know, what's the point if I'm not going to enjoy the walk? Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy to say to people, not today, thank you, I can't do it. Whereas I would before, just struggle along and say, okay, I'll, yeah, that'd be fine. And then thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't said yes. So, yeah, I mean, I just know where I stand and what I need and let people know. So, in fact, what I did recently was say to the poetry group, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you keep asking me to drive you everywhere, organise everything, plan all the lessons. I can't do this anymore. And that's it. And how did that feel? It's like taking your power back. How did that feel to take ownership over your, your own needs? Yeah. yeah, because it was always, oh, it would be a shame if it stopped because she, Sheila ran it and it was so lovely. I know, and Sheila was great, but I'm not Sheila. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. No, that's the end of it. If you want to do it, you do it yourselves. And it felt, I didn't feel guilt. That's why I would have felt before guilt, but I'd let them down. Beautiful. And so looking forwards, and we, I know we've had lots of conversations about managing anxiety, managing fear of dizziness, limiting thoughts, the whole, I can't do this anymore, I can't cook anymore, I can't walk anymore, I can't shop, I can't this, I can't that. People are depending on me, people are relying on me. So now that you've moved through all of that guilt and you've kind of created space in your life for you to nurture your body, and let's face it, I actually just had an eye review with my ophthalmologist, I've got a cut in my eyeball, and I was astounded when he said, you know, this, the the cornea I think it's called the front of my eyeball is it's already been a year since it happened it was a surfing accident it's going to take another six months minimum for it to heal itself like it's a very slow regrowing process 
Mm-hmm. And if you think about those tiny reflexes between your ears and your eyes, they can slowly over a period of years reform their function mm-hmm. and reform their connections and re-strengthen. And we often think, come on, why hasn't it happened already? Hurry up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I have to be patient with my eyeball healing because you can't rush it and it's a profoundly subtle process. And so every day I've got to be really gentle and do what my eyeball needs, put all the special drops and ointments in. Mm-hmm. And rather than get frustrated with the body to step into that space of, okay, I'll give myself time. It's not my fault. I'm not moving slowly. The body is sometimes slow to heal. Yes. So yes. with that neuroplasticity process and moving forwards, how are you feeling in yourself in terms of getting your life pack and growing and expanding and hopefully improving little by little ongoing? How does that feel for you? It feels great because I really felt I was just stuck in a box I couldn't climb out of before. Mm. You know, I didn't seem to find the key to it. You know, I was hammering on the inside, please let me out, and I couldn't. Mm. But now, you know, I go into town, I've got an appointment, I go in, I get I think, mm, a little bit wobbly today, but I'll be care, I'll be fine. Other days, I, yesterday, the day before, I walked all the way home, didn't use a stick. Great, mm. you know, that was a good day, even though I thought, mm, perhaps I shouldn't have gone. So I just take it on board, do it, and if I think, Oh, I can't. I would have got a taxi home. You know? um, so it doesn't stop me doing it unless I know it's a day when I sensibly decide this isn't the day for doing that. But it's wonderful because I can feel most things. I can just get out and do it. And mm-hmm. if I feel tired, I stop it. And no one's thinking I shouldn't have done that. And if they are, well, hard luck. <laughs> and I'm curious. I, I want to end the, our little chat on the topic of hopefulness and like believing mm-hmm. in your body. And deeply understanding healing and this kind of self-kindness and patience and openness. So being hopeful versus feeling hopeless, feeling like there is no cure, there's nothing and no one who can help me. It's all completely downhill and death. Mm. What's the talk, talk us through that because I think you've experienced it. What, what advice or wisdom would you want to hear? This was you listening. What would you want to hear? Yeah, well, I would say there definitely is hope. You find the right, the right person to guide you to it. And then the hope is within you, really. You've got to believe mm-hmm. in yourself. You mustn't be put off by setbacks. Like yesterday, I was trying to do some gardening. I thought, this is no good. Mm-hmm. I've just got to sit down. But don't be put off by that because tomorrow will be better. If it isn't better, well, maybe the next day. But there is hope because it is getting better. Day by day, things are getting better. Hang on to that hope because it's always there. And a lot of it is within your self-belief anyway. If you tell yourself I'm going to get better, you probably won't. True. So it's, it's emotional, spiritual, physical. It's all sorts of things. But just I've got the rope now. I'm hanging on and climbing up where I couldn't go before. Yeah. And for people who are thinking, I don't know how, I really don't know how to believe. Like I'm exhausted. I'm empty. Mm. Do you have any tips that have helped you in those moments of despair? Well, certainly the conversations we've had and the things I've read in what recovery programs you've put on YouTube, people talking and the live chat things where people were talking about their experiences. Mm-hmm. So there's always that shared experience or listening to somebody else and saying, yeah, that sounds like me. You know, I could, yeah, that's, I can absolutely emphasize with that. And I think the mindfulness approach mm-hmm. is developing that sort of inner, understanding your inner world more mm-hmm. and seeing where you are actually. 
and where you could get to is that self-belief that you inflict put impose on yourself rather than the critical guilty can't mm. do it well enough <clears throat> which has been the whole of the life really up till now and uh, yeah I don't know some some little magic thing probably turned in my brain and switched it around from the negative side to the positive side so you'd say maybe engaging with the the videos and the Rocksteady live calls yeah. and, and like click, yeah. that's kind of like get yourself out of your head and click play and and yeah. that mindset. And, and the other piece I would probably say if there is anybody out there who's listening and feeling just completely exhausted with all of their efforts and feeling hopeless is allow yourself to feel hopeless for as long as it takes until that miracle happens because I do yeah. think that that mindset moment when you think you know what i'm so fed up with being hopeless i'm going to just start being hopeful and i'm going to invest in this i'm going to commit to it i'm going to create a daily program i'm going to get support people coaches therapists whatever you need mm-hmm. and you'll have that moment of inspiration so i think if you're not there yet just acknowledge that it's okay to be hopeless it's not I mean, you could almost say that we need to be hopeless in order to become hopeful. You know, they kind of work together as a team. Yes, folks, that's right, yes. And yes. we, and there's no shame in it and you don't deserve it. You haven't done anything wrong. Well, and that was all. Well, yeah, you're very useful information because you do feel that you've brought it on yourself, you know, what do you expect being like you are sort of thing. Because uh, people always say to me, well, of course, you've always been a movie thing, haven't you? Well, don't tell me that. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's it's really common that we're self-critical of ourselves, but that impacts neuroplasticity. So we have to learn, as as Judy's shared, to become our own inner coach, to have that self-belief from the inside and to speak to ourselves kindly, to reassure ourselves, to learn what sort of support we need throughout the day. And sometimes it means not fitting to other people's agendas and it means putting the kettle on and having a quiet sit or having a day in bed or sitting in the garden and you know, some days we're going to be more active than others and giving ourselves permission to be slow. Mm. And so I'm real, it's been just a joy to watch you to, to progress and to expand and to grow. And I think you can be, you know, really proud of yourself. So do you have any parting words, if not for the listeners, then even for yourself? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, the parting words of the listeners, I would say, it's definitely worth pursuing Joey's courses. It take, it do, it's not quick. Some people say, oh, I, you know, it was wonderful. It's no time at all. Well, not for me. Not for <laughs> It takes its time and you take your time with it. You know, you walk along with it. Mm. But you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, and I really want to say um, thank you for that. And your kind words are really meaningful to me. And I'm, I'm really pleased to hear you say that. Um, but Judy started this course, I think you said 11 months ago. So for people who are thinking of signing up and wanting a quick fix, I mean, you can't predict tomorrow. Some people get relief immediately and other people get a very slow and steady learning journey. And I think as long as you back yourself and you're in that mindset of learning, you really can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. So thank you so much. Judy, for your kind words, and I'm really glad you've got a lot out of the Rocksteady program and then the Beautiful Balance private therapy. If there's anyone listening and you're not sure about all of this, go to seekingbalance.com.au. 
I offer a lot of free resources to support you to help learn about neuroplasticity. And then I also have the Rocksteady program and Beautiful Balance, which is my private therapy program for people who want to work with me one-on-one over a six-month period. So I encourage you to touch base and learn more. Absolutely keep exploring because your body wants to heal. Mm -hmm. So on that note, thank you so much, Judy. It's really great to have another voice and another positive story out in the world. And congratulations for your healing. I'm so glad you've got your steadiness back. Thank you, Joey. (laughs) So am I. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So bye for now.